Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cyber Sit Down, the podcast. Tune in the first Tuesday of every month with myself, Alex Horn, Principal Consultant, Cybersecurity Recruitment here at Lawrence Harvey, as I talk to executive security leaders across the industry for straight from the source insights into the minds of security leaders. We'll be breaking down topics ranging from ways to best scale a security program, how to position yourself best within the job market, current events and trends within the security and technology sector, and everything in between. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Lawrence Harvey Cyber Sit Down podcast. Tune in the first Tuesday of every month here throughout 2023 with myself, colleagues, and other executive security leaders across the industry for some straight from the source insight into the minds of Security leaders uh, will be breaking down topics ranging from ways to best scale your security program, how to position yourself best within the job market, current events, trends, et cetera, um, and everything in between. My name is Alex. I'm your host for today's inaugural episode, principal recruiter here at Lawrence Harvey, focused on cybersecurity placements and client partnerships across the whole U.S. Um, I'm joined here by our first guest, Stephen Davis, the CISO over at Revlon, really appreciate his time today. This episode is centered around really kind of the overall current state of the talent market um, and security space overall in 2023. Good way to kind of gear up for the year. Um, so with that, would like to turn it over to Stephen, um, as I think our listeners, I'm sure, would like to know really how you got your start in security in general and, and how you got to where you are today over at Revlon and, um, you know, the point that you're kind of at. No, great. Well, first, Alex, thanks for uh, having me to here today. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, support your platform and the uh, good folks over at Warren Harvey. So thank you again. Um, like you stated, uh, I'm a CISO at Revlon. I've been at Revlon for about two years. Um, if we kind of play back my career, the first um, decade has been spent supporting the uh, federal government, you know, as a security advisor, penetration tester, uh, and, and risk assessor from that perspective. And then I kind of I moved over to the private sector. So, you know, working for multiple uh, industries, um, you know, with opportunities to lead incident response teams, um, become more of your strategic leader, um, which really has, you know, allowed me to um, become more of a, I guess, um, a business enabler focus. I, I, you know, my background has focused has been tactical, for instance, but. Um, working for, um, you know, being leaders at Morgan Stanley, um, Discovery Communication, and in, in Revline has really allowed me the opportunity to um, become a CISO at, uh, at Revline. Um, and I think, you know, one of the ways that I really not only gained the technical skill set, but the soft skill is through help through mentors. So I had mentors throughout my entire career, and that really kind of helped you know, shape my career path to what it is to be today as the uh, CISO of Revlon. Fair. Well, really appreciate the uh, introduction. To me, sounds like two kind of major transitions during your career, one of which was from the government and public space into the private sector. What did that look like for you? I guess more kind of details into that and, and how did you cope with any of the challenges within that? Yeah, I think the difference for me was the chain of command when, um, support, you know, working for the federal government, uh, it was, you know, chain of command. This is who you can communicate to. And where um, in the um, private sector, it was, 
hey, you know, everyone's in the arm reach. You know, there is no chain of command, obviously, outside the CEO. So I think the communication was a little bit different. I think there was less communication barriers, um, you know, in the private sector and supporting the uh, federal government. Um, but, you know, all in all, I think they all have the same mission and that's, you know, uh, securing, you know, the um, critical, you know, infrastructure space. For sure. Yeah. And then the second kind of major transition I heard was transitioning from more of that tactical tactical or hands-on leader into more of the executive and strategy focused stuff. When maybe did that exactly happen for you? And, you know, what are, what are some of the details behind that? So I would say hands-on keyboards, that probably, you know, happened probably my first CISO role supporting uh, ProSite Special Insurance was a subsidiary of um, Goldman Sachs. Um, I, I say that loosely because I'm a technologist by heart. So yeah. although my hand may not be on a keyboard, I am close to the technology. Um, it was a, um, um, actually a culture shock. It was, it was different, kind of like, um, you know, I did have technology withdrawals. Mm -hmm. um, at times to where I had to delegate, you know, certain things to my, yeah. you know, tactical resources. Um, but it was just something that I mean, if I know that I, you know, I had goals to be a, um, a senior leader uh, in this space and that I, I would have to um, kind of step away from the keyboard at some point. Fair. One thing you mentioned there is just kind of setting the goals that you had. I think what I talk to candidates about a lot and hear from other security leaders maybe is, a lot of people either do or don't have that goal to become a CISO one day. But if you set that early on, then you know what you're going for. And um, if, you know, if you're looking to stay hands on the keyboard, then, you know, that's highly valuable as well. So. Yeah. So just to be clear, I, I never had my eyes set on being a CISO okay. until a recruiter reached out to me about a CISO opportunity. I, I always thought I was going to be a, um, a tactical, you know, security professional. Uh, but, you know, but as things, you know, happen, uh, opportunities present themselves. And once I realized what the roles entail as far as becoming a CISO, CISO you know, I was willing to uh, take that challenge and uh, never sure. look back. Yeah, well, glad to hear it. Glad you're here today. Um, I guess let's get into kind of the, the main themes of the episode, obviously. I think the kind of golden question, and, and I'm sure everybody across LinkedIn and, and a bunch of platforms will just kind of generally ask, you know, what do you think some of the larger one, two, three, maybe kind of cybersecurity trends are for 2023 overall? Yeah, I, I think with the the digital transformation shift, the IoT shift, I, I think the trends are going to be more visibility, more control, and faster remediation. Um, I, I really think that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to see. And I think you're going to see a lot of those type of processes and tools that really become more mainstream. Fair. And how do you think that ties in maybe into the overall kind of trends for the market in general, but certainly the job market? Because obviously with where a lot of companies are going through layoffs or hiring freezes, et cetera, there's a lot more talent on the market in theory, right? But the kind of need for talent in cybersecurity in, in theory has never really been higher, right? How do you think that that kind of coincides with how other security leaders are going to continue to scale their organizations? Yeah, I think you're going to see two shifts. I, I think you're going to see more organizations, uh, you know, outsource uh, some critical security functions. I think you will see that. I think that trend is going to pick up, especially the way, you know, the uh, financial, you know, um, market is today. Uh, so yeah. I think you'll see that. Um, but then I also think you're, you're going to see where, where before cyber leaders would look for, hey, I want this individual with, a security certification or the security training, 
I think you start seeing them look more into non-traditional security roles to fill their security pipeline. Um, hiring someone from the help desk, hiring someone from the DevOps team, because at the end of the day, they touch cybersecurity in some way, shape, or form. So I think you'll start. I think you'll start seeing that to fill the uh, cyber gap as well. Yeah, fair. What do you say to the security leader or CISO that you know maybe has gone through a round of layoffs or is on a hiring freeze and has the current team and has to now do quote unquote more with less? How do you kind of leverage the current skill sets you have to continue to scale the organization as you need to? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think you, um, I think you really, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good question. I do more with less a lot. So yeah. I, I try to tell CISO that be wary of burnout because burnout, burnout is real. That's one yeah. thing I, I, I look for. Um, but I also tell them, look for other opportunities within your IT team. Um, to where someone may be underutilized in other areas yeah. uh, and see if they have a passion in cybersecurity, see if you can, you know, leverage, you know, that skill set as well and really train someone up to be that, you know, cybersecurity. So I believe in that whole ma right. matrix, you know, organization works for me as well. Yeah, a lot of the clients and, and relationships that I've established within the market, a lot of people are saying, you know, we're really focused on training people, hiring more junior people and getting them to the point we need to be rather than hiring, you know, maybe more, more senior people, or like you're saying, even outsourcing some of the security functions, um, going through an MDR, what have you, what skill set really across the whole cybersecurity domain, do you think that CSOs and CISOs are going to still really continue to need, you know, most in 2023 or moving forward? And need as far as themselves and need as far as talent. As far as the skill set. Yeah. Talent. Yeah. I, I think the, um, so I'll take you from my perspective. Um, I'm the technical aspects for me is last. Yes, if you understand security foundation component, I'm good. But what I play a big emphasis on is soft skills. You know, how do you you know collaboration and communication, not just with colleagues, but with end users? Because the worst thing I can have is getting a team killer. You know, have a positive yeah. you know team. You know, is someone going to be collaborative or they're going to work in a bubble? And that's what, I, that's what you know, I try to go on. So when we talk about skill set, for me, the priority one is what soft skills do they have? Yeah, fair. What are some of the soft skills you think stand out more than more than others potentially? You know, I think one of the questions I always ask in, in interviews uh, with any cybersecurity professionals, you know, you're going to have more bad days than good days. Yeah. So how do you problem solve? I want someone to understand how do you solve problems and, you know, what's your approach to solving problems? That's what I look for from a, from a soft skill. What are your presentation skills? Um, mm -hmm. Because at some point you're going to, you know, you may not have PowerPoint slides, but you are going to talk to someone about, you know, you're finding whether that's me or peers yeah. in other organizations. Yeah. And I think that's some good insight as well into the recruiter's mind as well, both internal functions and an external recruiter like myself and, and my team, as far as, soft skills to look out for. Cause naturally when we have a job rack, you know, we really diving in on like the technical skill set naturally, right. as far as what you're looking for, but really digging into candidates, problem solving skills, I think would really translate into how you're kind of representing them to the client. So that's some great insight. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we talked about it a little bit, but in general, the job market, like I said, is tightening layoffs, et cetera. You know, there's still probably 70,000 plus um, cyber openings across the industry by you know, some sources and everything. It seems to be a consistent theme, however, that some 
companies, kind of large, small, cross industries, what have you, are still struggling to find the talent and source that talent? Do you think it's because the market is, is quote unquote, more murky? Or what do you think some of the, the challenges that hiring managers are having right now? What do you attest that to? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, and even for me at some point, have to lower expectations. You know, yeah. there is not a um, security professionals that have it all. Yeah. Um, you know, for myself, you know, I there's other C shows that are stronger than me in other areas, and I made me stronger than them in other areas. But you're not going to find that candidate that's going to check the box. You need to figure out what it, you know, set your priorities. What what can you live with from a candidate, and what do you think you can actually coach them on later mm -hmm. on? And I, I think that's the mindset going going forward. And I've I've talked to a lot of C shows um, that are actually starting to do that. Yeah, um, cool. You know, where before it was, hey, I only want someone that has, you know, AWS, you know, experience or AWS certification. Well, now it's like, well, what if someone has Azure? What if someone has yeah. Google? You know, the methodology and the concept are still the same. You know, it's just different platforms. Fair. Yeah, I think that's a good way to uh, look at it. I wanted to ask you kind of specific question about your kind of journey. Obviously, you've been highly successful recently in, in retail and finance in the past. How does your role change as, as a CISO, as an information security leader across different industries from your experience? Um, yeah, or just what I are think, kind of the unique challenges? I think my role, you know, it, it, it changed over the bit where before, um, you know, I was more of this kind of strategic, you know, um, this strategic leader, but now, being that I'm part of the business, I add value to the business, um, I need to be more of an influencer um, and also a, you know, have a strategic mindset to can you, you know, um, pr pr bring value to the business. Fair. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, we've dived into a little bit as far as kind of trends for this year. As far as your experience last year, even kind of your whole time at Revlon, what was the kind of premier way that you would, you know, find your cybersecurity talent? How did you scale up your teams? What was the kind of success stories you might have there? Or even at past companies? Yeah, I, I definitely believe in hire, um, hiring within. Yeah. Um, you know, I, so I do look for opportunities for upward mobility within a company before I, you know, I got go outside of the organization. Um, and, and then I make sure that I also have um, funding available to, you know, to continuously training my team as the threat yeah. landscape is continuously, you know, changing. So as defender of the organization, I want to make sure that they're, you know, up to speed. And, and some of those things are not even, you know, cost related. It's just um, giving them a time to way to um, either they sit on a webinar or they go to a, you know, a free conference or something like that. Um, that's why yeah, I try to, you know, help them out. Yeah, I think the question of like, what are we hiring these people into, right? As far as kind right. of career growth and everything, not just the job that needs to be done, even in consultancies and everything. Obviously, it's a lot more kind of all over the place. But oftentimes, when we're vetting new roles or new clients in general. A lot, a lot of the question is around, you know, what are we hiring people into? What are the training budgets, et cetera? And this year, in, in kind of a cost-cutting year, if you will, um, it can be really easy to, to throw a lot of that stuff out the window and just focus on um, you know, finding the right guy that can just kind of sit down and, and do the job. But like you're saying, if you can hire from within and, and really train people up, that's definitely probably the more organic and healthy approach, especially this year. Yeah, I think you also need to, when you hire, you need to make sure that aligns with the, um, the business strategy. Where's the organization going um, as well? So I look for that as well. So maybe this candidate may have the skill set 
Uh, we may not use it now, but I know in six months to a year, the company is going to launch this new program and that's where that skill set can be um, utilized. Yeah, fair. Let's pivot maybe into more of the candidate kind of driven side of the conversation as far as how can candidates, both both in your eyes as a hiring manager, security leader, and potentially talent acquisitions eyes, you know, myself, internal, external, what have you, what do you think the best way is a security professional really at any level, but maybe more junior people in this case can really help differentiate and stand out. Um, you mentioned the soft skills aspect, but certainly on, on a resume or what kind of experience can these people get early in their career you think would really come off well? You know, I, I think, um, I think networking, um, you know, one, uh, having the ability to network. Um, I'm a true believer in oral and written presentation. I, I think that goes a long way. And when we talk about, um, you know, interviewing, um, I know I want to look for a candidate. You know, we keep, I'm going back to soft skills. Yeah. Um, I think that that plays a key. Um, but I, you know, I think just the foundation, I, I think what I'm, what I start to see now is candidates are solely focused on, you know, what's hot, Yeah. you know, whether it's AWS, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's CrowdStrike, and then what's missing is some of the foundational elements of cybersecurity. You very rarely see a new hire that, or a new entry-level candidate that wants to do mm -hmm. vulnerability management, that wants to do incident response. They want to do something with um, artificial intelligence, yeah. you know, and, and those type of things. So I try to teach candidates, you know, if you want to separate yourself from the pack, you know, really focus on foundational elements, you know, call out those things in your resume, because I've seen resumes on uh, candidates and they're all the same. Yeah. You know, they all have the same skill set, but what a lot of them don't have is just foundational components. And I think if you more candidates, you know, focus on the foundational components of cybersecurity, whether it's, you know, compliance or, you know, internal or those things, I think it goes a long way. Yeah, fair. I think I've asked a lot about kind of leveraging what skills you have, both technical skills, right? But also the soft skill stuff you're talking through. Um, I guess when you're assessing a candidate in an interview, let's say, what do you think are kind of the first one, two things that, that you're looking for right off the bat? Uh, the one thing I'm looking for is someone with a lot of energy. Yeah. Uh, someone with, um, that I think can, you know, with adapt, that uh, adaptive and then a great communicator. Um, those are those are the three things that I'm looking for, you know, in candidates. Um, because, you know, the, you know, the cliche is real. You know, cybersecurity never sleep, and yeah. um, someone needs a lot of energy to work in this field. Um, it's not, you know, necessarily a nine to five job. Yeah, fair enough. I think one thing from my perspective, I dig into a lot, and I think a lot of people in external recruitment dig into a lot. It's just kind of motivations in general, and I think. The energy aspect that you've mentioned will, will really come through as far as their motivations and stuff, yeah. their passion for the industry, where they want to go, et cetera. And I think being an external recruiter, I get a, I get a decent kind of angle into people's backgrounds because obviously I'm not, I'm not reaching out about just one role per se. I'm reaching out to develop a relationship. And I think that's kind of a key thing that I think separates maybe an external recruiter from an internal one as far as getting to really dig into candidates' motivations and everything and to really translate into that into a role or a hiring manager. Um, so yeah, I think those are kind of all the main questions I had for you as far as um, kind of trends for the year, the security market, the candidate perspective. I did want to give you the chance potentially to ask me, obviously having a decent wide view into the market, any questions or any other insight you think is kind of worth diving in on? 
Yeah, so I think one question that comes up a lot, and I've actually seen it through candidates that apply for our job, you know, what do you look for in on, on CVEs, on resumes, you know, from candidates um, that really stand out to you? Is it just all listing like technology or you're looking for, you know, some soft skills as well? Yeah, well, I think the classic cliche is is most recruiters or hiring managers only look at a resume for six, seven, 10 seconds or so. I'm not sure what the actual number is. Ideally longer than that, right? But I think the initial thing that jumps out is um, the format, how it looks, make it look professional, something that's not 10 pages, ideally. Obviously you can have a full CV that you have on file, right? But a resume really should only be one to two pages, very digestible. And it should really highlight um, obviously the current role you're in, but it's not just, this is what I do. I'm responsible for this. It's what are the results that I've garnered doing this job? How have I leveraged this skill set, et cetera? Um, and writing in that way comes off almost immediately as you're reading a resume, aside from just the format. Because um, to be honest with you, let's say you're reaching out to a senior incident response consultant that's you know three, four, five years experience or so. In theory, there's probably thousands of people that could write the exact same experience level, exact same type of company, exact same tools, right? But how did you personally leverage your experience? Did you mentor anybody? That kind of stuff really stands out, if that answers your question. No, it does. No, I definitely, uh, definitely appreciate that. Um, I, I, get that I get that question a lot. And then being on the recruiter side of the house, um, what are you seeing? You know, there's some hot skill sets now that some of your candidates are looking for, not necessarily at a CISO level, but, um, but maybe just, you know, entry level or mid level, what, what are customers looking for now? Yeah, I think cloud security is a big one. We talked about it a little bit. You mentioned, you know, AWS, Azure, GCP, the whole, the whole ordeal, uh, both internal companies and a lot of consultancies we're working for cloud security, especially AWS has been a big one. Um, I think you mentioned earlier, a lot of probably larger companies are going to consider outsourcing security operations, for example. So it's less of the like SecOps and incident response stuff this year, but definitely heavy on the cloud security side. A lot of the larger like financial institutions we're working with um, are really digging in on larger threat intelligence and threat management program. Like you said, kind of shifting things to the left, being more proactive. Um, so that's definitely a theme that we're seeing overall, but there isn't really any kind of specific skill set or domain that I've seen take any sort of downturn. Like I said at the start, the, the needs have never been higher within security and um, actually with how kind of muddy and murky the 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 job market is in general, it's actually, um, you know, potentially a more, not sure what the word is, but more intense job market really. Okay. Okay. I'm great. Yeah. I yeah. think those are the two questions that I, uh, that I had for you. Cool. Well, yeah, that's kind of it for me, I guess, or there is one last one. I think I'll start asking this every, uh, every episode, I think just to kind of lighten things up. What's the worst either sales or recruiter outreach that, you, that you've seen since stepping into that CISO seat? I know most of the conferences and CISOs I talk to always have some kind of horror story. Always, always funny to get out there. Oh, my God. That's, you know, there's been quite a few from meet and greet with uh, LeBron James to <laughs> um, that was a big one. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a big one. Never happened. Um, <laughs> I, I think from a recruiter perspective, I think what I get most of all is uh, I get a, a lot of uh, emails from recruiters for um, warehouse workers. Um, okay. You know, so I, I get those. So those are some of the things that I get. But yeah, I think LeBron James has been, you know, one of the biggest, um, the biggest one. And I think I was, 
And I think that came about because I was at a, uh, at a conference and um, I think we started talking about basketball and I tell people that, you know, I'm a LeBron James is one of my favorite player. And I think this, you know, the sales team, you know, took advantage of that. Uh, I'm not sure if they would make that happen, but, you know, obviously, you know, what comes with that, Hey, you know, bring us in, let's talk about, you know, uh, how we can help you and, you know, those type of things. But fair enough. Fair. Well, well, good to hear. I think in a competitive market, we'll definitely get a number of uh, more interesting stories throughout the year. So we'll have to check in hopefully at some point, but other than that, no, I really appreciate the time, Stephen. It was great to, um, it was great to connect with you here. I think that about does it for the first episode here, the Lawrence Harvey cyber sit down. Um, of course, thanks to you, Stephen, for joining us here. I'm sure we'll see you again in the future. Looking ahead, we'll be joined by Al Goose, who's the CISO over at SnapDocs as we dive into further um, security trends for the year. That's it for me. We'll see you next time. I appreciate it a ton, Stephen. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Alex. Take care, everybody. Thank you.